To be in the flesh, then, no matter how religious you are and no matter how much church-going you do, is to live without the belief that you are counted as whole in Christ and uh, without the belief that Christ has atoned for your sins. It's an amazing reality. Being in the flesh doesn't mean being all lustful or uh, addicted to one thing or another. It means living as if you didn't need the sacrifice and the atonement of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is getting at when he says, For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions were aroused by the law. You see, if we have life without Christ, then we think that we can uh, simply do good and be good and obey the law and we'll be just fine. But if you really understand yourself, you will know that the law actually does not lead you to a good life, but leads you to anxiety and stress, because it sets before you standards which you can never meet. For example, when it says you shall not kill, Jesus says whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Well, have we not hated, and have we not uh, been jealous of people and wanting to uh, do harm to them or uh, at least be better than they are and not show an interest in caring for them? That's killing. And uh, you have heard it said, you shall not steal, but whosoever covets uh, is, guilt, is, uh, is a thief. And so we can see that the law has enormous depth and enormous height and breadth, and we cannot fill the spaces because our humanity is so broken and wounded. So when we try to emulate the law and be obedient in that way uh, by simply keeping our conscience clear, what happens is that our conscience gets more fouled up than ever, and we uh, uh, find ourselves simply relating to a system rather than a person. A person is our Savior Jesus. He is our friend. He has come to us in our need. He is the Emmanuel who has come to rescue his people from their sins, and we find ourselves comforted and surrounded by him, and we find ourselves, when we trust in him, uh, comforted under the shadow of his wings. But you can't get that kind of relationship out of a system, can you? And so a person who is in the law and under the law and trying to live by the law becomes detached, cold, impersonal, non-relational, because he's involved in simply adhering to a system. But now, Paul says, we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we uh, were held by. Died. Well, that's a pretty radical kind of thing to say, isn't it? It doesn't mean that you and I went into a monastery or something and got up at four in the morning and meditated for four hours and then ate a scanty breakfast and uh, did more um, genuflections and rituals after that uh, and avoided the world for uh, most of the day and then went to sleep at 10 and got up at 2 and did our more religious practice. It doesn't mean any of that. It doesn't mean trying to die to our flesh in that sense. It means 
that we have recognized that Jesus on the cross took our humanity with him so that it cannot speak to us in regard to our faith, in regard to our peace or guilt or shame or fear. You see, the mind speaks guilt, shame, and fear into you. Where does it get that from? It gets it from Adam. It gets it from the separation that we all uh, are in in relation to our fallen state in Adam. That's where we uh, uh, are so troubled by our human nature. But faith in Christ is the belief that Christ has taken the judgment for our humanity so that we are no longer charged with guilt, no longer accused under the law. We are dead to it. We died by faith at the cross with Jesus. It's as if Jesus represented, as he indeed did, represented us at the cross. Now, all this leads to what the verse now says. Um, Let's read the whole verse again. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. And I have to admit, along with you perhaps, that uh, newness of the Spirit sounds a little bit ethereal, a little bit uh, abstract, a little bit confusing. What's it all about? And I think the best way, although I want to say first that we're going to get into the uh, chapter on the Spirit, chapter 8, after we've done chapter 7... But I think the best way to understand uh, life in the Spirit is the life of faith. The life of faith says to me that God is for me. Romans 8 verse 31 says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, when you look around at your life... It doesn't seem so, does it? Maybe you haven't got enough money to pay the bills. Maybe you don't have a place to live yet. Maybe you're isolated from your friends and family and feel that you have no comforts. Maybe your financial situation is a terrible stress to you. Maybe your health is is, uh, broken down and you are uh, wondering where God is in your plight. Now, unbelief is a state of being outside of the Spirit where you determine that God is with you or not based upon how well your circumstances are. And if your circumstances are bad, as I just described, then you will feel that God is not with you. But that is not life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit knows the reality of God by what Jesus has done for us at the cross. He died for our sins. He rose for our eternal life. His resurrection is our justification. We are declared innocent in His righteousness. We are reconciled to the heart of God through Jesus Christ. All of that, you see, is a statement or statements in the Spirit. The world laughs at this and says, how do you know God like that? How do you know what God thinks about you? How do you know what God has done? Because the world is laughing at us because it doesn't have the Spirit. We have the Spirit, which is what faith has revealed to us. Faith has told us that God has given himself to us in Jesus Christ and enables us to believe that by life in the Spirit. So don't look for a rational 
proof of Jesus or God, not that there are not rational evidences of Christ and his resurrection. 500 people witnessed his resurrection, it is said, back then, and we have prophetic evidence and all of that. But we know that the way we know Christ is not by our intellect, it is not by our proof texts, it is not by logic, it is not by reason and miracles, it is by the revelation of Christ to us by the Spirit. And therefore we believe, and that faith enables us to know God's favor whether the chips are down or not. Do you understand what that implies? It implies that we can praise God. It implies that we can give him thanks every day for circumstances, whether good or bad. And that gratitude and that praise, you remember Ephesians 5, verse 18, and First uh, uh, Thessalonians five twenty, give thanks every day under all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If we have that gratitude and that devotion to God because of his mercy and love towards us, then there will be newness of life. You understand that the oldness of life comes from a fretting mind, a stressed mind, a mind that is neurotic in that it is always worrying about what will happen to us and whether we'll be able to make it tomorrow and stressing over whether God cares about us or loves us. That mind of worry and depression and anxiety will not produce life. But faith in Christ that enables us to say, thank you, Father, for the circumstances of this day, even though they were negative in one way, they are instruments by which you reveal yourself to me in your helping attitude, in your support, in your strengthening of me, in your comfort of me. These circumstances, you see, we now praise God for and in so doing, we produce newness of life in the Spirit. When I was in uh, legalism, I used to listen or hear about the churches that praised and had joy, and I, couldn't, I wouldn't believe them. I thought it was all fake because they weren't adhering to God's law. They were just uh, living on frills. Uh, they were just uh, shallow people who had lots of emotional gushings, but were not really uh, in-depth Christians. Well, I grant you that there may be many frilly Christians around in the world, but there are some really joyful, thankful, in-depth Christians and they certainly cannot be that if they're legalists. They have found an attitude of gratitude. They have found the reconciliation of their hearts to God by Jesus Christ, having taken the guilt of their sins and the shame of their life and the fear of not being loved anymore and being isolated. 
God has taken all that in Christ and they know it because they have found a real secure truth in the the death and the resurrection of Jesus that has given them a gratitude that enables them to grow. So I say to you, what newness of life in the Spirit is there going on in you? Or are you still under the law? Let's read these verses once again. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit for God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now... We have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So I ask you this question. Are you willing to let go of what has been your anchor so far, and that is the law and obedience to God in the sense of compliance with the law, which gives you approval before you before God. Are you willing to let go of that? Well, you say that gives me, puts me in a bottomless pit. It seems to do at first, but no. When you start giving thanks, you are trusting in Christ outside of you instead of the artificial supports that you have set up. And you are hanging by faith, and you will realize after a while that that hanging by faith is an enormous and wonderful security. Hello everyone, Colin Cook here, your broadcaster, and thank you so much for listening today. You can hear the broadcast on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com, and key in how it happens when you get there. Uh, how it happens, that is, with Colin Cook when you get there. And if you would consider an end-of-the-year donation, it would be so much appreciated. The program costs $39 per 15 minutes, $200 for a week. That's about 850 to $900 per month. So send. Uh, you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com or send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.